captain of Israel's host and God. Of all who see the Amen. We thank God so much for this morning. We are grateful unto him for his mercies and his grace. We are alive because of his grace and his mercies. Hallelujah. Those who have gone before us or ahead of us, we are not better than them. It is God who has made us who we are. And unto his name be the praise. Hallelujah. We thank God for this opportunity this morning to be used as a vessel to share his word. I'm also grateful to Pastor Ebenezer Amate Awakesi and the leadership of PIWC for this opportunity. Again, I want to thank God for the leadership of the church, for the theme for this year, which is a glorious church revived to possess the nations. A glorious church revived to possess the nations. This morning I'm speaking on the topic revived to make an impact. Revived to make an impact. Revived to fulfill your purpose in life. Hallelujah. The dictionary defines revival as reawakening and restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, and strength. As Christians, there are times when we become weary, we become fed up. We become comatose or fall into a spiritual coma, becoming unconscious to our surroundings and need revival. When it happens like that, we need a restoration to strength, the restoration to vigor, and the consciousness of life. I want us to read Judges chapter 15, verses 18 to 19b. Judges 15, 18 to 19b. Because he was very thirsty... He, tr he cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? 19. Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi, and water came out of it. 
When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. Hallelujah. This is Samson who had to fight the Philistines. And the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. And he grabbed the jawbone of a donkey. And with the jawbone of the donkey, he was able to kill a thousand men. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, after killing the thousand men, he became weary. He became so weak and needed water to drink. So he would be revived. And he cried unto the Lord. And the Bible says, the Lord heard his cry and made provision for him water to drink. And the Bible says, Samson revived. And after the revival, we all know what God used Samson to do in bringing deliverance and victory unto the Israelites. But this morning, I'm here to announce to you that we have a better water, hallelujah, that when you drink, gives you eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. And that water is offered by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you read John 4, John chapter 4, verses 13 to 14, Jesus Christ talks about the water that he offers and says, whoever drinks of this water will have eternal life. Hallelujah. One of the definitions that Pastor Huakesi gave the last time he was preaching about revival, which touched my heart so much, was the fact that revival is the outpouring of God's life and spirit on man. The outpouring of God's life and spirit on man. When you read Philippians 2.13, it tells us that it is God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. So it is a spirit in us that quickens us. It is a spirit in us that enables us to do what we do. So we'll be able to fulfill a good purpose concerning our lives. And that is the revival that he gives to his children. Hallelujah. For what purpose do we need revival? We need revival for the transformation to be able to achieve the purpose for our lives, which is to live for God's glory, which is to take dominion, which is to impact the world positively, and also be able to live forever for our creator. And so when you read Ephesians chapter 5, which is the verse for our team, one of the verses for our team, Ephesians chapter 5, starting from verse 26 to 27, he talks about how Jesus Christ is working on us to present us blameless unto the Father and unto himself. Hallelujah. I'm asking the question this morning, why do we need revival? Beloved in the Lord, things point to the fact that we are in the end times and the second coming of Christ is near and coming so quickly. COVID-19 is here with us. So many people are dying all over the world. Others are also dying through strange diseases. This is the time that more than ever, the devil is prowling like a lion, seeking to distract us with a lot of things around us in the name of 21st century civilization, to deceive us, steal us, kill, and destroy. Jesus asked us to watch and pray. Why? So we can maintain the revival that he started in us. So we can remain in him and fulfill our purpose in life. I believe this is the time that we need revival more than ever. Why? To be able to remain spiritually alive and alert. This is the time that as Christians... We need to be able to remain spiritually alive and alert. So we'll be able to resist and overcome the devil. We need a revival to be able to take dominion as God intended in the beginning of creation. Hallelujah. We need a revival to be able to make a positive impact. We are going to possess the nations. And yes, we must be revived. And the anointing should be working in us for us to be able to possess the nations. 
We need the anointing to be able to fulfill our purpose in life, as I've said already, and above all, be able to enter into eternal life by experiencing paradise or heaven. Hallelujah. That should be our focus. That at the end of the day, when Christ appears in his glory, we will not be left behind, but we will be part of the rapture or be part of his kingdom. Brothers and sisters, this is the time that our prayer and our desire should be more of Shime Kosoro Shime Kosoro Shime Kosoro close relationship with our God and always be able to commune with our God in the spirit. Hallelujah. Man needs revival because we all know the first man died spiritually and needed a reawakening and restoration to God's life and spirit to be able to recover his former glory and fulfill his mission or purpose in life. The first man, Adam, had a life and spirit of God because we all know God breathed into him his spirit and life. He had what it takes to take dominion and impact his world positively. And like God, he had power over death. In other words, he had eternal life. But we all know that unfortunately, and without trying to criticize or judge him, we know that he lost all these good things because he could not maintain it. Adam died spiritually because he disobeyed God and sinned against him. Man therefore became a living dead and lost his power of dominion to fulfill his destiny and to live forever. This made all his seeds, all his seeds, including you and I, sinners, making every man born of a woman and a man spiritually dead from birth and powerless to make any meaningful impact. To address this, God therefore chose individuals in the Old Testament and empowered them with a spirit to perform specific tasks. So anytime God needed to do something with man, he had to come down by his spirit and empower man to be able to do what he was expected to do, but lost. And so I say that any man who is spiritually dead does not have the power to take dominion nor to impact positively. He does not have eternal life and he's destined to submit to physical death and he's a candidate for eternal condemnation unless he or she is revived by accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. In the same vein, any man who is spiritually alive, oh, hallelujah, has the power to take dominion, to transform and impact his world positively. Such a person overcomes death and has eternal life. Such a person does not die. And so you and I, we will not die. Hallelujah. We will only sleep to rest for a time. When the time comes and will be resurrected into eternal glory at the appointed time to the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, God made his spirit of supernatural power available to all 
and dwells in us, all those who believe in him. He empowers us differently through the spiritual gifts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to perform certain tasks to impact lives. When you become born again, God gives you his spirit and life to make you a new creature or a new creation by his grace. That is the first revival. So the day you gave your life to Jesus and you confessed your sins and accepted him as your Lord and personal savior, that very moment you received the first revival, which is transforming from death unto life. Hallelujah. Now the second Adam, who is Jesus and the son of God, was spiritually alive from birth. And he was the only one with such entrance into the world. Why? Because he did not enter into the world the way of all men. His entrance into the world was so special because he was both God and man and had a special divine assignment. The very day that man fell and God had interaction with man, he told the devil that the seed of the woman he said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So that very day, God finished with a plan concerning the salvation of man. And why did he say the seed of the woman? The seed of the woman alone, the man had no part to play. Why? Because if Jesus was to come, with the seed of the man and the woman, that would have also made him sinful. Hallelujah. And so, man had no role in the second coming of Jesus. And that is why Joseph, even though he was the husband of Mary, had nothing to do with the conception of Jesus. And that when you read Galatians 4, 4, he says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, and we all know what he did to the serpent. And that is why you and I are here today. That is how special our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. He was someone who knew no sin. Hallelujah. And so had the authority to revive us and give us the power and the transformation to be able to overcome the world. Jesus died on the cross physically as a man but conquered death and resurrected on the third day to make man worthy and glorious again. Amen. His death and resurrection brought the first revival and his ascension to heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit brought the second revival. And so there is something called the second revival. When you read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The 12 apostles were a glorious church that had a first revival, but neither the second revival after what had happened to Jesus and their faith had been shaken. In order to be able to transform from being fearful to being fearless, to be able to impact lives and possess nations, they had to wait they had to wait and work for it. So the Bible says they gathered and they were praying. And while they were praying, the Holy Spirit descended on them. Oh, hallelujah. And now those who were fearful became fearless. And they were able to proclaim the word of the Lord. Starting from Jerusalem and in all Judea unto the end of the earth as the Bible commanded them. As Christians, we need a second revival for transformation and power just as the 12 apostles also needed it. But we need to work for it. The first revival, we did not work for it. It came through grace and faith. But we must work for the second revival, which is the anointing that sustains us, and that comes through faith and action. And I say, receiving the second revival requires hard work and can be difficult, but not as difficult as remaining revived or maintaining the spirit of revival. Hallelujah. 
Jesus brought us the second revival, which is the anointing which the Holy Spirit brings. The anointing does not dwell in some oil. It does not dwell in some concoction. It does not dwell in anything, but it dwells in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we have to work for it. So you can be revived, but maintaining the revival is where the issue is. And we should be thinking of how to maintain the revival so that day in, day out, we can be on fire for the Lord. Adam was created with the power to take dominion and impact his world, but maintaining it was the problem. We are not too different from Adam and Eve, especially before the fall. And we also do not maintain the revival. If we do not maintain the anointing, it is possible we can fall and lose our salvation. May God forbid. Hallelujah. The mission of man from the beginning was to live forever for God, to be fruitful and increase, exhibit his life and love, and impact his world positively. This Adam and Eve, like us, were to do by one, maintaining the presence of God, his image and likeness. The Bible says God created man in his own image and in his likeness. Where we failed was the fact that we could not maintain the presence of God through disobedience. So when you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible talks of what I have said. Just as the fish needs water to survive, so does man need the presence of God to survive. And so when you lose the presence of God, then like fish out of water, you should know that you are on your way to death. Man unfortunately failed to maintain the presence of God through sin. And we all know sin cannot stand the presence of God. Moses, people like Joseph, David, Peter, Paul, etc., experienced God's presence and maintained it, making them succeed in their God-given purposes in life. Man has struggled with a lot of life issues since the fall of Adam. Why? Simply because we have lost the presence of God. The other thing that man was expected to do was to manage his garden. In other words, everything that God has entrusted into his care. In Genesis 2.15, the Bible says God put man in the garden to work it and to care for it and gave him what he needed to do so without much hassle. Again, because of disobedience, he lost dominion and had to struggle in sweats to work his own garden outside God's presence with all the troubles. One of our purposes in life is to manage everything God entrusts in our care to impact lives to his glory. This includes our lives. The life that you have, it is God who gave to you. And you need to manage it and manage it well to the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. The time that you have, it is God that gave it to you. The job that you have, the money that you have, the talents and the gifts that you have, and anything that your hand finds to do, you should know that it was God who entrusted it into your care. And you are supposed to manage it effectively so you'll be able to give a proper account unto God. And to be able to do this, you need to maintain the revival. What do we see? We see man doing whatever his hands find to do as unto himself and not as unto God and for his own selfish interest. But the Bible in Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 admonishes us that whatever our hands find to do, we should do it as unto the Lord and not as unto man. If you don't have the revival, if you don't have the anointing, it is difficult to do these things. The other thing was for man, you and I, to multiply in fruitfulness. And when you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, the Bible says God blessed man and told them to be fruitful and increase in number. Here too, man failed. 
And so even though man increased and filled the earth, we did so with so many troubles, hatred, armed conflicts, war all over the world, hunger, diseases, poverty, murder, selfishness, greed, envy, name them. We lost it and lost the ability to impact the world positively and enjoy the good life that God intended for mankind. And this morning, God is talking to us about a revival to be able to make a positive impact and also to be able to fulfill our mission. Now, to be able to do this, there are two things, two important things that we need. And these are the anointing and the knowledge of God. These are what made Jesus fulfill his calling. And that is what we also need to be able to fulfill our calling. Now let's look at the anointing. We all know what the anointing is able to do. It was the anointing that enabled Adam to do what he did in Genesis chapter 2, verses 19 to 20. Naming all the animals of the world. It is not something that you can do with your own strength. Hallelujah. You need the anointing of God to be able to do that. And because that time, Abraham had not, uh, Adam had not lost it, and he had the anointing, he was able to do it. Moses, Samson, David, Solomon, etc. They were all empowered to fulfill their missions. We know what Elijah did. Elijah was able to overtake the chariot of King Ahab, which was at top speed on foot. This morning I pray that that transformational spirit will come upon us. Hallelujah. We have heard of many wonderful stories in the Bible because of the anointing. However, the anointing is not just, or the second revival is not just about the supernatural occurrences that impact lives. It is also about the divine enablement to overcome sin, live a holy life, live a righteous life, and do the things that we do to brighten the corner where we are to bring change onto the world and impact lives in our own small way. Jesus started his ministry with the anointing and told us the purpose of the anointing in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verses 18. He said, the anointing of God is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is on me. When you read other verses, it's the anointing of God. Because, okay, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. Hallelujah. That is impacting life positively. And that is what we are also to do by tapping into the anointing, maintaining it, and making sure that we are able to impact lives. Now, how do we maintain the anointing? One, we need to cultivate and maintain the presence of God to be able to maintain the revival or the anointing. Two, we need to keep a close walk and relationship with God. Three, we need to maintain our holiness and righteousness. Four, we need to maintain the obedience of his word, commands, and directions. Five, we need to forgive everybody, including our enemies. Many times as Christians, it becomes difficult for us to forgive those who offend us. But the Bible is saying that we should even love our enemies. If you are not able to forgive, the dry your anointing becomes. And before you realize, you lose the revival. Hallelujah. We should be able to put away any grudge, pain, hatred, and bitterness. These are all things that dry the anointing and take you away of the revival. We should avoid the holier-than-thou attitude and shun hypocrisy. All these things do not help the revival or the anointing. We should stop doing God's work, which is to judge. It is only God who is is mandated to judge. Many a times as Christians, we find ourselves judging people. We want to revenge, but God says, vengeance is what? It's mine. You have no business revenging anybody or avenging anybody. And also, sometimes the gossips. All these things dry the anointing. We should be singing more spiritual songs, more music, more spiritual hymns to praise God instead of worldly songs. The more you sing these songs, 
you see that the more your spirit is revived, the more the anointing flows. Hallelujah. And you are able to do what God expects of you. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. Satan knew this. And so the Bible says that when he was an archangel, he was one of the angels that God loved so much. Why? Because he knew how to sing praises to honor his God. Likewise, David. David would take his harp and will be singing. He will be singing. He will be praising God. And the more he did that, the anointing increased upon his life. Hallelujah. So we should be able to sing more spiritual songs and listen to more of such songs to lift up our spirit. We should pray in the spirit and fast more, and we should also learn to be humble. Disobedience is an enemy of the anointing. Not doing the things that I've mentioned or doing the opposite are all enemies of the anointing. Ignorance can also be an enemy to the anointing. And a lot of people who had the anointing and started so well today, they have messed up and they are doing their own things. Why? Because they did not seek knowledge. Pride. Pride can also cause the revival in us and make us lose the anointing. And I say, be careful when you find favor with your superiors. There are times when you find favor with your superiors. If you don't take care, you take things for granted. And before you realize, you have become arrogant. You have become haughty. And that can cost you like a date to Satan when he was the archangel of God. And we should also be careful when God is using us to impact lives positively. Quickly, I'm going to talk about the second thing that we need, which is knowledge. The Bible says Adam responded appropriately in Genesis 2.23 when God presented the woman or his wife to him. Why? Because he had knowledge about how the woman was created. So he was awoken from a deep sleep, but he responded by saying, Now this is the bone of my bones, the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she came out of man. That was knowledge. However, he could not respond appropriately when he was tempted to go against God's instructions in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. He failed because he did not know and understand what death was. Neither did he also inquire from the law what he meant by the day you eat of this tree, you will die. For lack of knowledge, Adam and Eve perished. When you read, you read Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, that is what the Bible says. They did not know that they were already like God. Eve did not know that she was already like God. And so when the serpent said that when you eat this fruit, you become like God, she fell for it. Jesus applied knowledge to defeat the devil. The fact that Jesus was highly anointed did not prevent Satan from tempting him. Satan did. But any time he did, he used the knowledge of God and said, it is written. Hallelujah. We also need knowledge to be able to respond appropriately to the issues of life. Job, in Job chapter 19, verse 25, said, For I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the end, he will stand upon the earth. At the end, he will redeem me. If, Joseph, if Job did not have the knowledge of God, with all that happened to him, he could have easily given up, like the wife asked him to curse God and die. But he did not, because he had the knowledge of God. And Tony Ban has been saying that when the problem started coming, he expected Job to have prayed. Yes, I agree with him. Job did not pray because he did not have that kind of knowledge. Hallelujah. I'm sure if he had that kind of knowledge, he would have stood up and prayed unto his God. Which means knowledge is very, very important in our journey as Christians and to be able to go and possess the nations and fulfill our mandate as men. Hallelujah. We must seek knowledge and in full for application in order not to perish and to be able to teach our children and their children's children. Half knowledge or misrepresentation of knowledge is as dangerous as ignorance. Half knowledge or misrepresentation of knowledge is as dangerous as ignorance. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, the devil asked the woman, did God say you should not eat of this fruit? He said, yes. 
And then she went ahead to say that, he said, even, even if we should touch it, we are going to die. Did God say that? Did God say if they touch it, they will die? God did not say that. When you read Genesis 2, 17, he only said, of the, the day that you eat of this fruit, you will die. I don't know how Adam gave that, passed that message on unto Eve. But Eve represented that knowledge. And that cost her. So what happened was that when he touched the apple, nothing happened. And so if I've touched the apple and nothing has happened, then I might as well eat it and nothing will happen. Meanwhile, God did not say, when you touch it, you will, what? You will die. We must seek the right knowledge. If not, we'll find ourselves in trouble dealing with um, half knowledge and not full knowledge. Christians who are not moved, easily moved by circumstances or the things they hear or the things they see, it's because they have full knowledge of God. They know who their God is. They know what their God can do. Hallelujah. So when he said, I'm not moved by circumstance, but I'm moved by the word of God, the composer knew what he was talking about. But if you don't have the full knowledge of God, any small wind can blow you away. And so we need to seek the knowledge of God. We must intentionally seek knowledge, intentionally and consciously seek knowledge. Study the Bible and other godly books. Search the scriptures. We must ask questions and apply godly knowledge when we acquire them. Ignorance is an enemy of knowledge. Lack of reading is an enemy of knowledge. Pride or know-it-all attitude. Sometimes we behave like we know everything. When you do that, you will not be able to acquire the full complement of the knowledge that you need to be able to overcome. In bringing my message to a conclusion, I say we must put in a lot of effort to tap into the anointing, which is the second revival, and seek knowledge to be able to overcome the devil, to be able to remain glorious as a church, to be able to take dominion and possession, including nations, and impact lives and fulfill our purpose. Brethren, we need both the anointing and the knowledge. Why? Because anointing without knowledge is as dangerous as knowledge without anointing. Anointing without knowledge is as dangerous as knowledge without the anointing. And this morning, God is asking us, have you been revived yet? Are you still operating under the second revival? Are you still operating under the anointing? Are you fulfilling your divine purpose in life? Are you making any impact in your family, in your home? Are you making any impact in the church? These are questions we can answer for ourselves and act accordingly. Are you making any impact in society? Are you making any impact at your workplace? That was why God made the second revival available, the anointing available. If your answer to these questions are yes, then what kind of impact are you making and how? May God be our help and strength to be able to catch and maintain the revival this year so we can preserve our status as a glorious church, taking possessions and more importantly to be able to make it to heaven. We have been singing this song Me Perse Michiano me pese me shano the Lord asked me to announce to the church including myself that he wants us to move from this song and come to Messiano Jesus
the Lord that you will be able to meet him. That the Lord, the revival will work in you. The anointing will work in your life. That you will be able to impact and you will be able to fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. church without stain, wrinkle and any other blemish we are left in our prayer if there's any stain on us if there is any wrinkle on us if there is any blemish on us let the power of God deal with these things in the name of Jesus these are things that we might not share with men these are things that we might not be telling anyone but they are eating us up in our secrets they are eating us up whenever we come before God we don't count ourselves worthy because we find ourselves to have a spot to have a wrinkle to have a stain but we are letting our prayer as he is reviving us he is reviving us. Let these things be dealt with. Let these things be dealt with. This morning, let every wrinkle be dealt with. Let every spot be dealt with. Let every blemish be dealt with. If there is any other thing, let it be dealt with. Let it be dealt with. Why do you have to do that to God himself? 
for this for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his purpose this morning we are lifting up our hands we are telling God that we surrender our all unto you we have asked you to take over our lives that as we impart people the Lord will lead us and subject to your word, to your will, and to act according to what you tell us. We will not rebel against what you will tell us, O oh Lord. But we pray for the grace to do that you will empower us, you will equip us in the name of Jesus. Just lift up your voice. Speak to God. Balo Lord, we pray for grace. We pray for strength. That we'll be able to do whatever you will ask us to do. That we will not rebel against your word, O oh Lord. But Lord, we will subject to your authority. We will submit to your authority. And we declare that your will will flow through us in the name of Jesus. We will not be children of disobedience. We will not be children of rebellion. That we will walk in your order. In order to perform your purpose. In the name of Jesus. Rapana la matera balabahata. La derra madesa la matinia tanda la bata. Siapana la matinia telia sata la paya. Eliana la basata la paya. 
Prophet with that, pray with us. Die. 